Two guys, two continents, two missionaries, one gospel. You're listening to the Truth Be Known podcast with your hosts, Nathaniel Jolly and Bill Issa. Okay, for you guys out there who are listening to our podcast and you're thinking about doing your own, uh, just real quick in 30 seconds, let me give you a heads up. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. In 30 seconds here, it's absolutely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is awesome. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and many more. Also, you can make money from your podcast, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, in 30 seconds with no minimum listenership. It's an awesome place to do your podcast. It's everything you need all in one place. So download the free Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started. Super easy. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, go check it out. So without further ado, we'll jump right into our content. Well, guys, welcome back to the Truth Be Known podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. I'm Bill Issa. So before we get started, we just want to remind you guys that we have a new email address. We would love to get your questions, thoughts, concerns, prayer requests. You can email us at truthbeknownpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Bill and I will go through those. We'll answer them best we can. We'd love to pray for you. So please do send us an email. Again, that is truthbeknownpodcast at gmail.com. You know, Bill, last week, we must have touched on a subject that people were really interested in. It was our personal largest viewed podcast, and we talked about the impact of social justice on the mission field. Mm. This week, you know, we decided that we were going to talk about missionaries in general and specifically answer some questions like, are there qualifications for a missionary? Uh, does the Bible define missions? Can anyone be a missionary? And uh, just kind of explore those types of topics. So I'm really excited about this topic. Um, you have a lot of experience with missionaries in your area, right? Yes, brother. You <laughs> remember even uh, before we recorded our last week's uh, episode, we we really talked a bit about missionaries at large. And that's when you suggested that we separate them so that we have this one alone and really I have a lot of experience that I want to share with our, our listeners, brother. <laughs> this is a very broad topic in that um, there's a lot of discussion concerning the nature of missions. There's a lot of questions such as whether or not anyone can be a missionary, if that individual has any kind of restrictions placed upon them in the scope of the work in which they engage. In today's culture, there's even the question of your skin color as to whether or not an agency might want to send you. So there's all these different yeah. questions about being missionaries. The question really is for us, not who is right or who's wrong, but rather what does scripture sure. say about biblical missions and what does it say about missionaries, either explicitly or implicitly, right? I mean, that's the scriptures are standard. Mm. You know, does the Bible define missions? Does the Bible speak to acceptable roles in missions? Are men and women's role in the mission field the same? Or does the Bible just leave us to guess, being kind of ambiguous and open-ended? You know, I would say that actually scripture is pretty clear if you study the pattern of missions, if you study what's what we're commanded to do. I think we can come to, you know, a reasonably narrow definition of missions, which we're going to get to because, you know, for this podcast, we're operating under a specific definition of missions and everything that comes after that is going to be based on that definition. And that's important because some people may have different definitions of what a missionary is and, and what missions is for the church. And so we want to be clear about definitions up front. Mm. Yeah, sure, brother. What, what you just say is, is, is true because, you know, uh, people believe uh, or do things about missions depending on what they believe mission is. The definition is very important, really. So if you have a, a wrong definition of, of uh, missions, then you'll have your whole missionary work would be wrong or wrongly motivated. So we need really to, to, to give them the biblical definition of, to missions that's going to guide our, our conversation today. 
So let's just talk about it. the word missionary is, of course, not found in the Bible. Missionary comes from a Latin word, which means to send. The Latin word is based on a Greek word, which also means to send. So and, and it's to send in the sense of sending an, an envoy with a special commission. If we were to narrow that down by the simplest definition, we could get it. A missionary is simply a sent one. Right. A missionary is a messenger who is sent out on a special mission. And not only is understanding the plain meaning of the word critical, but to understand what a missionary is, we have to then ask a question, does a missionary have a primary message or purpose? We would both say yes to that, right? Yes, yes. Um, you know, yeah. we, we talked a little bit before here about how really the word missionary sort of gets used for anyone who moves to another country and does whatever they're doing if they're a Christian. So nah. if you're, you know, if if you're moving from America to Africa and you're digging wells, they say they're a missionary um, and, and they call the, the organization sending them a mission agency. If you're yeah. going overseas to help with an orphanage, they say they're a missionary mm. or if they're doing medical missions. Right. Almost mm. everything gets called missions and missionary. And I don't yeah, think yeah, that's I've, I've helpful. Seen, it's not rather. I've seen in Uganda here. uh this so-called uh, English language missionaries who come to teach people English language. Those who did not go to school, they simply come and teach them English language and they, they call them missionaries. <laughs> we would recommend, and this is what I hope that we can do in this podcast, is start to narrow down the definition and how we use the term missionary or mission to a biblical understanding. You know, historically, when someone was called a missionary, there was a very narrow definition and understanding what that per that what that person's purpose and goal was, um, and and get that understanding really from looking at the Apostle Paul. At least the Apostle Paul is the clearest example of what missions is meant to be. So, what did the Apostle Paul do? Well, the Apostle Paul he was set apart by the church. He was mm. out from the church. Yeah. Realized he was an apostle. He was sent out under the guidance of the Holy Spirit to take the gospel abroad to the Gentiles specifically. And as he went preaching, he planted local churches where he went. And those churches would yeah. adhere to the rules and regulations established by God as taught through the Apostle Paul. He was sent out to do two things. He was sent out to preach the gospel of Christ, right, which in turn produced uh, the planting of churches, right? Local yeah, yeah. communities. This is the job and function of a missionary. Anything yeah. beyond that is not biblical missions and is not a missionary. It doesn't mean that. Very true. And so I know right now people have just had the hairs on the back of their necks raised and they're thinking of all these great, wonderful things that people do. And some people are probably saying, well, but I know so-and-so, they're providing clean water in thus and such country, and they're just doing great work for the Lord. Well, they're doing good works, perhaps, for the Lord, but that is not biblical missions. That's just good works, mm -hmm. which every Christian is supposed to do. Good works, then. I like that, brother. I, I like that. Because, uh, yeah, especially our continent, our countries are full of such the people, such people that you've just described there. Many who come from your countries there to just come here drilling wells and helping the orphans and, and uh, giving people medication, and they are called missionaries. Brother, I've been having trouble with them because you don't see them preach the gospel anywhere, anytime. They're just busy doing A, B, C, D. But they mm. say they were their missionaries in Uganda. Brother, continue. Mm. I'm glad that you are really trying to educate uh, our audience on what really a missionary, according to the to, to scripture, is. You've just talked of the, the roles of uh, biblical missionaries. You, you to proclaim the gospel that will eventually come. I mean, I mean, grow up to uh, planting of churches, local churches. Those two are major. Continue, brother. We'll get to, you know, the ramifications of those things being the primary goal of missions because it, it means there are qualifications. But 
You know, brother, what you just said might actually shock a lot of a lot of Westerners. You just finished telling us that a lot of those guys who are doing medical missions, who are coming over to help orphans, who are drilling wells, they're professing believers. Your experience has been that they don't really they don't really preach the gospel. They're just busy doing good works. What yeah, I many mean, of them don't treat. What kind of missionary moves from a country to another country and leaves the gospel at home? That's not a missionary. That's not a missionary. Right? And, and again, let's be clear. We're not saying that good works aren't good. We're not saying that we should not do those good works. Look, drilling wells is a fantastic thing to do. By all means, do that. You know, work orphanages, wherever you are, that's a great thing to do. By all means, keep doing that. Medical missions. That's a great, all good works, but they are not the yeah. primary goal uh, of missions and not the primary aim for a missionary. Those should just naturally flow out of the fact that we are Christians. But if ultimately, uh, the, brother, yeah, jump in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want just to say, yeah, those guys, vis-a-vis um, -vis our definition for missions, a sent one, someone who has been sent, I can say, they're also missionaries because there are organizations from their country that sent them with that mission of coming to, to, to drill wells, to look at, to feed the orphans, but they are not biblical missionaries. They are also missionaries in their, in their own context because they are also fulfilling what they were sent to do. Do you get my point, brother? Yeah, so, exactly. I want to say, if we say they are not missionaries, then we'll be contradicting our, our definition. They are their own missionaries. They mission, their own missionaries and the missionaries to their organization and societies. But they are not biblical missionaries. So they should not, I mean, uh, confuse that with, uh, with the biblical missions. So I, I wanted them just to, uh, to, to separate those two. You might yeah. be doing missions your own, but you are not doing it for Christ. Yeah. Even, and again, let me go. Even me go Satan has his own mission. Aha. <laughs> that, that, that's right. He's also a missionary to come and, and, and take people away from God and make them sin against God. That's his mission. He's the missionary of death then, we might say. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we they should not think that they are, they are missionaries for Christ because if you want to be a missionary for Christ, you need to follow what is found in the Bible that was written by the Holy Spirit using men. But uh, if you do something else, then you are just your own missionary. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think as, as you as you said, brother, we are going uh, ahead there. We, we are going to show them the place of these good works, as you've just said. We are not speaking against those good works; they are very good. But we are going to to show, to tell them or to put them at their place where they're supposed to come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. horse before the chariot, not the chariot before the horse. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, the Christian church needs to stop calling those things missions though right they're, because they're not biblical missions yeah. they're not biblical missionaries and so again you know if you want to move overseas uh because you're a doctor and you know you feel like your skills can be best used in another country uh and you're a professing believer praise god do that but that doesn't make you a, a missionary right by by biblical Beautiful. definitions um so like just just rather say you want to go serve a people who need your medical skills as as a fellow believer. Don't call yourself. A uh -huh. Let me just add a caveat to that, because instantly people are going to say, well, what about medical missions? And, and the goal is uh, is to use that to plant churches. OK, so it, here's here's the reality. Um, if the goal right is to use your skills so that you can get into um, maybe a tribe or you can get into a closed country, but your goal is to proclaim the gospel with the hopes that churches are planted, then that is the goal of a missionary, right? Sometimes we have to use other skills to be able to connect with people in different parts of the world or sometimes to get around government scrutiny. Um, so maybe you teach English in you know a remote jungle village because it's the only way you can get in to plant a church. But see, that's the catch. Your goal isn't to teach English or math or science. Your goal is to plant churches. You're just doing other good works as a means to get into the place. Um, yeah, yes, brother. And, and those are very good vehicles to the gospel. 
Yeah. I mean, your skills, your knowledge, because even me personally, brother, um, our deacon Emmanuel can testify to you about this. I'm a, a, a secondary school teacher by profession, and all my years in teaching, because I no longer teach, I'm just fully in ministry. But when I was still teaching at high schools, I used to, to spare every five, only five minutes, the last five minutes of my lessons to, to proclaim Christ. And you can't believe the people who came to Christ because of that. And Emmanuel, our deacon, one of our deacons, is one of the, 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 the products of that or the fruits of that. So those are good vehicles to, to proclaim. But I agree with you when you say if is the, the gospel is the primary role, I mean the primary goal, I'm sorry. The primary goal, you want to come and use your skill, it's, it's okay, no problem. But the yeah. problem is if you, you, the primary goal is to teach English, and then the gospel is second, or that's where trouble is. Yeah, and I mean, and, we, and many people even, many people even it is. Yes, brother. Yeah, I know. This is. I was going to ask exactly what you're about to say. What have you found? Because lots of quote unquote so-called missionaries come to your country and help the orphanages or things like that, and and they never get to the gospel, right? Yes, brother. Oh, I've seen many of such. Many really who are just busy helping the orphans and they, they, they are counting one, two, three, seven orphanages all over the country. They are drilling wells. They are doing good stuff, but I don't see them preach the gospel. I ask myself then, how are they? Oh yeah, we are missionaries. Some say we are Baptist missionaries. We are, I don't know, Methodist missionaries. But now you see what they are doing for, for the, the sake of the gospel, nothing, zero. Yeah. And I think these are the people we are, we are addressing. And, and this is part of the problem of not having a biblical view of what a missionary's function and role is, is that you just send people overseas or wherever, and they do whatever they're doing, good works, and then they never preach the gospel. Churches are never planted. And here's another, here's another thing that bothered me. And so I, I just specifically want to talk to the Westerners out there. I'm so sick and tired of meeting uh, Western so-called missionaries who move to other places and they refuse to get plugged into a local church. How can you be a biblical missionary in another country and and you're not even plugged into a local church? Which I think happens a lot. So here's something that really irritates me uh, when we're talking about what what is and is not a biblical missionary. You get a lot of so-called missionaries who go to other countries and they're doing these good works. They never get to the gospel. No churches are planted. They never even plug into a local church. Oh, that's the worst part of it, brother. That's the worst. They're just, they, they just come and stand on their own. And some of them even from their countries of origin, they were not sent by any local church. They just sent themselves maybe because they had some cash. Okay, I can use my money to go and serve the Lord. So they they sent they sent themselves, and here they stand on their own. Yeah, and I, I mean, not only is that not what a biblical missionary should be doing, that is even just plain not Christian. There's no such thing. That's not Christian. There's no such thing as a free floating, detached from a local body Christian. That person does not exist, right? So if, you, if you're going to another country, um, I mean, first of, all, first of all, if you're going as a missionary, then your primary aim and goal should be proclaiming the gospel to plant churches. There are lots of other things that can happen uh, alongside that, but that's the primary goal. And if you're in an area where there are other churches, you need to be plugged into a local church body. And if you can't do that, yeah. stay home. Unless you're going into an area where there are no churches, because that that happens. But if there are other churches in the area and you're going to uh, prom preach the gospel in order to plant other churches, you need to be plugged into a local church if one's available. If you're not willing to do that, then just stay home. They don't need you. Well, where have you come from, brother? Have you fallen from the moon? <laughs> because I, I don't hear Americans speak like this, uh, to, be, to be sincere. I don't hear Americans speak. They, they want to come here and be lords. Most of them, they want to come down here and be lords. To I mean, they want Africans to to serve them. So to, to be presidents, kings here because they have their cash and this and that. So 
you are talking of them coming to join a local church <laughs> so they, they want they want to be to be independent to depend on themselves and so that people can start flocking towards them for this and that that's why i'm asking you coming from the us or you are coming from the moon <laughs> i i'm coming from scripture i mean this is this is <laughs> i like that <laughs> Yeah. You know, the only reasonable exception to not getting plugged into a local church is if there's no local church that exists. In that scenario, your goal is to plant a church, which means you would go, you would begin, you know, proclaiming the gospel, you would be looking for those who God has called to himself, and you would start gathering as a church. So there is never a time, let me just say that again, never a time where a Christian should not be involved in a local gathering whether you are uh, assembling that local gathering yourself because there there's not one that exists or you're plugging into one um that already exists while you're helping to plant other churches and i mean that's what we've done i think if if a westerner is not willing to submit to the leadership of a local church in the area that they're going to if one is available then they're not qualified to be a missionary they need to just stay home. Yeah, because they are, they are, they are already rebel, rebels, they're, and the rebel cannot be missionary. Yeah, they're already rebelling against what the Word of God says. And and I know, you know, as a Westerner, that there's, there's this mindset oftentimes that somehow being a Westerner, you know, just makes you better. And so a lot of guys come over and they just want to change everything and fix everything. That is the most arrogant and prideful mentality you possibly have because here's the reality god has gifted everyone in the body of christ with certain gifts and certain talents we all can learn from one another you will do things better than what i can do, brother and there may there may be some things that i can do better than what you can do and we come together and we say what are the gifts that god has given us and how can we use those gifts together to edify and build up the body of christ and bring glory to god and any attitude beyond that is, I think, indicative of a character flaw. And it probably means you should be going to the mission field until you resolve that. So, I mean, we've gotten sidetracked a little bit, and that's okay. But if, if the Apostle Paul is one of our clear examples of what a missionary is and what a missionary does, I think, again, you know, our definition is that a missionary's goal is to preach the gospel and plant churches. Um, I mean, the Apostle Paul, he planted churches in Asia Minor, in Colossae, in Ephesus, uh, in Philippi, in Thessaloniki, in Corinth. Uh, he planted churches in Rome. A lot of scholars believe he planted as much as 14 churches in all. And so, you know, he has a few missionary journeys, or I think three missionary journeys, where he goes back and he visits all these churches that he's planted, checking on the elders that he set over them. That was his whole, his concentration was on preaching the gospel, planting churches, and then and then writing letters to those churches and visiting them again. That's biblical missions. If that's not what you're doing, then you aren't doing biblical missions and you aren't a biblical missionary. We don't want to discourage people from doing good works, right? But let's stick to biblical language when we're talking about missionaries. Yeah, after, obviously, after those two uh, primary goals, after preaching the gospel and planting a, a local church, then these good works the can just come through the local church. Through the local church, now you can you can reach out to all these orphans and all these, and you can drill wells and and all those other stuff through a local church. But they should they should not be this good work should not be the primary primary goal while you are leaving your country to go to a different culture or a different country. And I, here's the reality, brother: there are plenty of God hating, secular, worldly organizations who do good things in other parts of the world, right? Do we also call them missionaries? Biblical missionaries? No. no right? No. So if you're going overseas to drill a well, praise God, but even the heathen can do that. Yes. So just ought not to be saying that that's biblical missions. I mean, this kind of, we're going to get to another probably hot topic, but here's the reality. If biblical missions is primarily centered around preaching 
and gospel churches being planted, that means that there is a specific set of qualifications that someone has to meet. Because what you're talking about is functioning as an elder, right? Yeah. Um, if you're planting churches, you have to be elder qualified. If you're preaching the gospel in order to plant churches, you have to be elder qualified. If, if you're going to be training up local pastors, you have to be elder qualified. Some, someone here someone here will tell you even if i'm not elder qualified what if i am a missionary i'm preaching the gospel i plant a church only to give it to uh to to elder qualified people and not myself so i i don't want to leave that church i leave this place i go to another place again start afresh and when a church is, is planted there I, I, I leave elder qualified people there so you see some people bring such <laughs> such an idea on the yeah, table and so I would say, well, what do you do before you find an elder qualified person? So you're preaching you have to teach and preach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to teach and preach yeah. and you have to be qualified biblically if you're doing. That. Yeah. I mean, you're functioning as an elder right now. Do you have an elder just to sit down and have a cup of coffee with someone and open up the word of God? No, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being a missionary preaching the gospel, gathering people to to you, right? For the sake of learning um, word of God teaches, there will inevitably be counseling involved. There's gonna be, I mean, and we have rules how the church is to function. You have to be- Again, brother, I agree, I agree with you totally when you say that they have to be elder qualified because, you know, to be elder qualified or to, to, to abide to the qualification of an elder, you don't only need to look at the teaching and preaching. You, need, you don't need to be a novice. I mean, a newly converted person. You've just come to, to, to know the Lord. You, you need to be, I mean, you don't need to, to have lust of money, of money. So all those, there are many, not only preaching and teaching, because you can be, you can be preaching and teaching, but you are lacking those others. You see, that's why I agree with you that a person should be really, I mean, uh, obeying or fulfilling the, the, the qualifications of an elder. And not only that, brother, for the person who says, well, I, I'm just going to preach. And if people gather, I'm going to turn it over to an elder. But what if there is no other qualified man? Does that person uh -huh. just walk away and, and leave people? No, no you can't oh, do you that. Need to lead, yeah, you know, you need to lead them. And, and so that and so that comes back to if you're going to be obedient to scripture and you're even going to put be in that situation, um, men who are sent by the church as missionaries have to be biblically qualified as elders because again the goal is to see churches planted um, because the goal is to propagate the gospel of christ right and wherever the gospel of christ is propagated churches should be being planted so we come to the qualifications well we know what those are they're from first timothy uh, let me just read through these and then we can talk a little bit about it this is what a missionary should be before he's ever sent by the local church into the mission field. Uh, it says this, it is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, which is what a biblical missionary would be, it's a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, a husband of one wife, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money, he must be one who manages well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God and not a new convert? So that he will not be conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. So, yes, that means two things um, or three things. If a man is unqualified, he shouldn't be sent into the mission field. If someone's a new convert, just because they're excited about the gospel, right they should not be sent into the mission field they need to sit under the teaching of a biblical church and learn grow mature and it also means that women cannot be missionaries sure now i know right there again the hairs on the back of the necks of many are going to say well what do you mean stoned. Stoned. <laughs> so let me just say it again to clarify so no one misunderstands me Women cannot be biblical missionaries. Um, <laughs> it's for the exact same reason that women cannot be pastors, right? We're both men and women are equal before God, but we have God ordained different roles in the body of Christ. So, and so some come, some will come up here and say, "Oh, 
wait a minute what what about priscilla <laughs> you yeah. know i've heard some people say that priscilla was a missionary yeah well see one that's just twisting scripture it, it's isogeting scripture because there is nothing in scripture that indicates that priscilla and aquila one they were together so the husband was there two they were teaching an individual so brother if I come into your household right and, and your wife starts sharing something from the bible that's perfectly okay she's not holding nah. authority over the church she's not as a pastor you know she's just explaining some of the things of god as an individual as a part of the body of christ but see so that's not what we're talking about right nowhere can you find in scripture where uh priscilla was pastoring a church or planning churches no so that would definitely be taken out of context um but again it's not that we're just saying women can't be missionaries also unqualified men can't be missionaries yeah 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 this, this is functioning under our definition of of a missionary being one who is sent from a local church to proclaim the gospel and plant other churches and again brother before you continue you know just to i mean to support what you just say that unqualified men should not be missionaries brother i have seen many unqualified men who have been sent to uganda as missionaries brother they've caused the havoc here to be sincere i think i told you of one from your country who was given 24 hours to leave uganda with his family i think i told you about him kicked i don't want to mention his name here kicked out by the government uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was kicked out by the government. Say, twenty-four hours, leave the country. So, the, wow. so these are these, these are unqualified men who are. So, I want just to support your your, your points so that people do not misinterpret you there. Because unqualified men are not supposed to be sent to the missions field because they, what they do on, on the mission field is terrible, terrible. Yeah. Not only that mm. one was sent from Uganda was chased from Uganda, but I've seen men who are still living in the country right now, right now. They're just building their, their small kingdoms. They are not king, the kingdom of Christ, but their own. Mm. Yeah, because they were sent when they were not really right. They were not qualified. Yeah. I mean, it's a big problem. Uh, I mean, I have met missionaries in your country and in other places who, you know, when I talk about what they're doing, there's nothing about the gospel. There's nothing about church planning. Uh, they, they predominantly talk about just the good works that they're doing and, you know, praise God, but you know what? Every Christian should be doing good works, so that doesn't make you a missionary. But beyond that, oftentimes I talk to missionaries and I find out that they're not even attending a local church regularly in the country they're serving. Yeah, yeah, I also know many. I know many who do not. They're just home on Sunday. What kind of message does that send to the people who may hear the gospel from them when they then look at the missionary and see they themselves aren't even submitted to a local church. Yeah, very sad indeed. When you're sent from a local church, the Apostle Paul reported back to that local body, right? He reported back mm -hmm. to other apostles what he was doing. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was quite a long time that elapsed before that happened. But you know what? Paul, the Apostle Paul had to travel by boat and land and they didn't have emails back then. And so, you know, missionaries who, local churches that send their missionaries need to take the responsibility to check in and make sure they're not, as you say, wreaking havoc in the other country. They should have never sent them in the first place. Here's the reality. Uh, if someone is not able to be an elder in their home country, there is no way you should be sending them somewhere else. Another question I've got, brother. When I was there with you, and I know I've heard Vody Bakum mention this too, um, when I looked around Uganda specifically, let me tell you just, let me tell you what I saw. And it, it bothered me. I saw a bunch of young white women all over your country. And I know that a vast majority of them are there, quote unquote, as missionaries doing, quote unquote, mission work by way of working in orphanages. Yeah, you're right. You, you observed correctly. Because, you know, we have many here that, you know, are sent from Europe, from the U.S., from where to come. And you, you look at their ages, you wonder, some are 18 years old, 19, 20, 17, and you really wonder, brother. Uh, you know, let me just give you quickly uh, some true story of what happened in our church RBC. We received one uh, like that from Canada, 
Um, this one was not was not young because this was an old lady, uh, 57 years old, but a woman, single. She is not married, so she came here and really she did not come to RBC. She had come here to do missions work in Uganda on her own. Okay, this uh, agency sent her to Uganda. Then later, when she started messing up, that's when they said, no, let's look for a church that can help us monitor her. So that's when they came for us. They said, oh, there's a church there that works with Heart Cry. So we had a meeting, really long, like two, three hours meeting with them, discussing on how we could, uh, I mean, watch over that their missionary. That was not our missionary. She was a missionary of that agency that I don't want to mention here. My brother, what we saw, you know, we, 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 we stayed with that lady for something like uh, six, seven months, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. And Lord, brother, we had to chase her, you know, because she was just moving away with men, the, the Uber drivers. She, 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 she used to, to, to hire Uber drivers to take her up and down here and there. And those became her husbands. Or let me say, not, not husbands, but let me say, lovers. Let me just, that, that's the right word became not one not two and then we said no you're, you're going to 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 put our church to shame you you'd rather leave us alone so when she saw that we, we were really too much on our neck she decided to to leave the country went back to her home country canada without informing us we only learned from a friend far from you from kampala far away 400 400 kilometers away from kampala you know this lady is is went back to Canada without informing her. We were informing us, and yet she agreed before our agency members that would be our pastors, our elders. And then from there, she wanted to come back. We said no, don't come. If you come back to Uganda, join another church, not ours. And yet the agency also in Canada said if it's not RBC, you are not going to Uganda. Mm. And so she started pleading, please, Pastor Bill, help, forgive me. I want to come back to you. I said, no, if you want to come back to Uganda, come, but not through us. We mm. don't want mm. you here anymore. Yeah, so mm. just an example. And yet this is an elderly, 57 years old, elderly woman, but single. But now when we come to this, you've talked about mm. 18 years old, 17, alone, sent here as missionaries. But you can continue from there. Guys need to hear this. This is what happens. And I mean, one, we mess up the definition of what a missionary is. Two, when we send people who are not qualified as missionaries in the field, there is no good reason that a church should be sending a single young woman into the mission field as a missionary whatsoever. I agree. And I know that, you know, people are probably scratching at their eyeballs right now, fuming mad at me for saying that. If biblical missions is about proclaiming the gospel and planting churches, one a, a woman cannot do that. The Apostle Paul, when he's talking to young widows, he says that it's more fitting for them to marry and stay at home and tend their children and their husbands. And, and I would say that that is a better thing for young women to be doing than to be being sent to the mission field. They can't function as a missionary. Then there's just the wisdom issue of sending, you know, someone like that into another country from a church. Uh, th that's a side issue, but you've got all the temptations when the Apostle Paul clearly says that it's better for young women to be married at home with children. That's generally speaking, right? Now, let me throw a caveat in there, okay? For the people who are about to have a heart attack. Um, does that mean there can never be a situation where a young woman goes out not as the missionary, but as support to missionaries or to serve in a country because she has job skills and she joins a local church just as a member of the body of Christ? That might happen and, and that may be okay. But and they should they should make sure they should, they don't call our missionary right and that should not be the norm so young women from the west you know we applaud that you want to serve christ but serve christ at home get married that's the biblical mandate and you know if you're an exception and there's a missionary being sent or a missionary family being sent and you join them to support in that work then maybe that's okay but that's not the norm, right? <laughs> you are spoiled positively. What, what do you mean, brother? What do you mean, brother? 
I like I, I just like you. Your the, the scriptures have have spoiled you positively. Oh, oh, okay. That way, <laughs> and and so some of this comes from you know a, something that I put on Facebook a long time ago when I said something like why are churches sending young white females into the mission field? Brother, I got raked over the coals for that. But here's the reality: it's not biblical. So stop doing it. You know, um, you have to be elder qualified. Again, you know, people could kill us with nuance. We're not going to get into those. I, I, I just like, I just like the, I mean, the title of our podcast: "Truth has to be known, brother." So we, you don't need to to sit on truth, stand on it because you are fearing people. They can stone you. No. If you die for the truth, brother, die because truth has to be known. Yeah, I I don't mind getting thrown at me, but you know, again, we want to say that if if someone is qualified and move to another country to, you know, let's say there's a nurse, right, and she wants to move to another country to serve the community with her skills and get plugged into a local church, then maybe that then that's fine. I don't see anything in scripture against that sort of thing. But we we don't send unqualified people as missionaries, and so we'll we'll move on because I think we're starting to beat a dead horse. I'll let people calm down a little bit after that statement. But I would just say that if if you don't like that, then take it up with God, because He's the one that determined how we do these things, right? And um, well, what what disturbs me, what disturbs me more most, brother, is these type the kinds of i mean types of missionaries you've just mentioned are the ones who who get the most support from people back home doing the humanitarian them. aid you mean yes they, they they get very good support but missionaries like you oh they say no i cannot support such unfortunately oh i know brother i know i i mean here's the reality um i i think much of the Western church has such a low view of what missions do and, and has a low view of biblical churches and biblical missionaries. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to remember what the stats were. Vody Bauckham quoted these some time back, but it's something like, you know, 98% of all money that goes into the mission field goes into humanitarian aid, not actual yeah. mission work. So, yeah, you know, I have no doubt if, if my wife and I were to start posting that we were going to start an orphanage over there, we would have money coming in like you wouldn't believe. Um, yep. But but while those things might happen in the future, we have no aspiration of those. That is not our primary reason for coming, right? It's to proclaim the gospel. Yeah. It's to serve with you guys for the proclamation of the gospel in hopes that biblical churches will be planted. that That's what missions is, right? And then anything else that God gives RBC to do or that God allows us to serve in any other capacity, praise God for that. But those things are byproducts of being Christians, right? And and just meeting needs in the community that every church should do. They're not, they're not the primary goal. So, uh, but you're right, brother. That happens if it's easy to raise money for humanitarian aid. But, you know, brother, even the Muslims do good works. Oh, they do maybe sometimes more than Christians. Supporting their people and other people, they do it every single day. We see them. Yeah. So they're not missionaries, but yet they do good work. So, again, but we, we, we have in, in Kampala, in Kampala, yeah, we have a lady called uh, Mama Fina, the the president of which all witch doctors in Uganda, and she 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 helps people so much more than any other pastor I've seen here. She gives out money. You have any problem? She's there first to help. So that that's not a big deal, really. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the matter. Yeah. Wow. Wait. So you have a president of witch doctors? Is that like a formal position? Yeah, it is. She is here, yeah, the president of witch doctors. It exists here, brother. I did not know. And even, even our president recognizes her. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if I really think about it, we have a witch in our White House. Her name's Paula White. Prosperity gospel, it's about the same thing. Um, that's fascinating.
fascinating. Well, let me just say, while we're talking about money coming into the mission field, if guys are listening and they want to support, like a, if they want to support an agency that cares about the gospel, that cares about biblical missions, this is a good place to say, go to Heart Cry, uh, which is Paul Washer's ministry and support them. They love the Lord. They want to see churches planted. They want to see people um, repenting, coming to Christ, and God glorified in that. So, if you're looking for a place to support biblical missions, then support Heart Cry Ministries. They're a good place to do that. Yeah, I want also to add on that by saying that uh, uh, please, those uh, missionary societies out there that are busy sending missionaries to other countries, they should stop that. That's why missionary society does that society does not does not plant churches. It simply supports missionaries that have been, I mean, who are planting churches for other local churches. I want to make that that clear. Atcry works with local churches. So, like us in RBC, we've just planted a church in a place called Takerenge. So they are helping support our missionary, but not hard cry itself getting this brother here and say, okay, plant a church there. That's the work of the local church. It's not yeah, a, yeah. It, that's not the, not the work of a, any parachurch organization or society. If yeah. you are out there, a parachurch organization, society doing that because you have a lot of money. So you send, if you are doing what the local church was, was supposed to do, then you are doing it wrong. You need to stop and repent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even us, we're being sent by our local church. Um, you know, we got a, a small local church that are sending us out, and that's that's how it should be happening. There shouldn't be any loner, you know, out there just floating around doing their own thing. That's not Christian. Yeah, because with RBC, if you are coming from a parish church, brother, you will not be welcome. You will not be welcome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, brother, we were talking about, you know, how women can't be biblical missionaries. They can't fill that primary role and unqualified men. I just want to address something else I was thinking about just now. I almost skipped over it in my notes. There are a lot of people who will say things like, but this woman or that woman did great work on the mission field, you know, 100 years ago. Well, Again, I would say this witch doctor that you've just mentioned, they do good works, so does that mean it's okay? Very good one. No. Just, that's pragmatism. Pragmatism has killed much of the church and much of the mission field. Just because something has worked does not mean that one, God ordains it, or that two, it's it's faithful. So yeah, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, in the West, a lot of Baptists will point to Lottie Moon, who ministered in China a long time ago, or Mary Boardman uh, in Burma. But here's the reality. If those women were preaching and teaching men in a church setting, they were being disobedient to the scriptures. And I don't care how much other good they did. In that area, they were wrong, and they were against the word of God. Yeah, they are, they are no, no different from Mother Teresa. Yeah. Do you know Mother Teresa? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of yeah. good works. No different from good works. So, so we can't pragmatism, and you can't use specific examples to make a doctrine with. Just because something worked doesn't mean that it's biblical. Uh, so... Just to address those kind of things, because I know they'll come up, especially the Baptists. The Baptists like to point to Lottie Moon. And, you know, in fact, one Baptist seminary president talking about uh, these two women said this about them. He said that they were compelled to preach to mixed congregations when a qualified man was unavailable. They deemed the situation unusual, irregular, peculiar and necessary. They gladly relinquished the task when a qualified man was available. Well, dear Mr. Baptist Seminary President, you are wrong. If there is no qualified man available, then there should be no preaching to the congregation. That's pragmatism. Just because there's a church without a pastor doesn't make it okay for someone unqualified to get up and preach and teach in that congregation. It's God's church. He'll sort it out. Yeah. In your country, that's how a lot of women become pastors. There's no man that's willing to step up. And so a woman who feels like she's called, you know, will become the pastor, right? That happens in your country. 
Yeah, many times, yeah. I think it happens too in different ways. But the reality is God doesn't bless or ordain that. God doesn't recognize that person as a pastor. Yeah. And they would argue that it works, that she might be a good teacher, um, that with without her in that position, the church would just have nobody. And those are the kind of arguments. But, but then we go and we ask the question, well, who does the church belong to? Which we would answer God. And does God have rules for worship and structure of his church? And we would say, yes, he does. And so we have to trust God when pastors or elders maybe aren't available. Um, if there's no one in your church qualified to be a missionary, then guess what? You just don't send anybody. Yeah. Saul learned this the hard way. Um, this kind of idea of having good intentions. When the prophet Samuel said to him in Samuel 15, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. It's not okay to excuse sending someone into the mission field just because they have a passion, just because they want to do good works. The reality is we have an example of what missions is in the scripture. And to go against that is rebellion, sure. which is like the sin of divination. You know, guys, I, I think out of all this, the, the one thing that guys will buck the most is this idea of women not being sent as as a primary missionary. But we're just being obedient to scripture as best as we can. Moses is another good example. Moses thought it was a good idea to strike the rock more than once. And that one act of disobedience cost him going into the promise. God cares about obedience and he cares enough that sometimes the consequence is dire. Unfortunately, human beings want to to continue doing things that seem to work for them, even though they see that it's against scripture. So they, they just deliberately uh, decide to go with what seems to work, what pleases them, even though they know that, yeah, it's working, but God does not allow authorize it. They say, but it's working. But we want to, to just tell you that, no, you'd rather leave what pleases you, what is working for you, if it's not working for God. If God does not allow it, just leave it the way it is. When you go into the Old Testament, you find that even on the construction of the tabernacle, brother, I fear whenever I read that, that, that scripture, how God is giving orders to Moses or, or on how to build the tabernacle. From, you see that from A to Z, Moses did not contribute anything, not even the tiniest thing. Even the measurements came from the mind of God. The color of those 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 uh, curtains, everything, even their robes, the other priests, God just dictated everything to him and he had to do them the way they are. Brother, I tremble whenever I read such things. So now when we come into the, the, the worship of God, we want to bring in... Our, our own cultural things and things from the seminary to work for us. This works for me, even if God did not command it. That's very wrong, really. Also, vis-a-vis we, we, -vis missions, let us just stop. Don't just say these two candid guys, you know, are saying this and that. They're just, they're just like talking. No, we are just trying to interpret scripture and just obey that. O obedience is better than anything as that are just read for us from, from scripture. Yeah, it, brother, let's talk a little bit more about the dangers of sending unqualified missionaries. Uh, just do you have some other examples? What have you seen in your country? Has unqualified people coming into your country, has it given missionaries a bad reputation in some areas? Talk a little bit about that. Very bad reputation, brother, to the, to the, to the point that people are fed up with mission, missionaries because Almost whoever comes, they misbehave in different different ways. This mm. one did that, the other one that they did that, and it does really, I mean, spoil the image of of, of foreign missionaries. Mm. Yeah, so um, because when they come here, they don't act well. They don't represent God well. To be sincere, mm. and that's that's why you know when you I, I I've been telling you that I'd never seen a missionary like you. And that's why, if, if you can remember very well that at the beginning, I was, I was fearing you. Can you, if you can remember very well, when we first met, 
I was fearing you because so uh, just to answer your question, brother, even me personally, trusting a missionary from those countries or be, why? Because they, they keep sending unqualified ones. So it has entered into our mindset that or whoever comes is, is not qualified. That, that was a concept also thing that even Nathaniel is also not qualified. And I had to, to travel, I don't know, 200 plus miles, if not 300 to Tumbarara, only to hear you preach. Because I said, no, we cannot accept a person who is not qualified so that he comes also and do what others have done in other, <laughs> other, other churches. So I had to go good enough. I spent time with you in the hotel. I questioned you more than enough. You gave me many questions. And I said, I said nah, this brother, when I, I got back, I said, no, this brother seemed to be a bit unique, a bit different from others. But brother, what we've seen here to be sincere, to speak the truth, those who are fed up with uh, foreign missionaries, I can't blame them. Because what, what they do here, brother, you cannot believe. And that's the, the, the result of sending unqualified missionaries. Hmm. Give me a big head, brother. So I, I appreciate that. Now my my pride is going to swell. I'm going to have to go repent uh, because of the nice things you said. <laughs> but you know, I mean, again, I think it should be a natural thing for any Christian. You're moving to an area. You take an attitude as one of service. You know, we serve one another. Um, you get plugged into a local church. You serve at a local church. I mean, everything a missionary does should be to build up and edify the local church. Everything a missionary does, if there's a local church available, if there's not a local church available, that should be their goal is to plan a local church. If there is available, which they can work out of, then they should be submitted to the leadership of that local church, you know, which is how it should be. And, and if someone's hearing that and they're like, well, I don't want to do that, I would say, well, stay home. Don't go to the mission field. Yeah, but they, I, I don't forget this one also. <laughs> one of them, one is he, is even living here because he even married he married a Ugandan woman. He's living here, missionary from you from from the US. He snatched my my co-pastor from me. We were only two men. This this guy we were serving together, and then he came and started training. He said, "No, Bill, I'm training people so that." After the training, was it something like six months training? So they need to go to Jinja where I was, he was living. He, they, he, I mean, he gives them accommodation, he feeds them well. After that, I, I sent them back to their local churches. I came to Uganda to just train, not to get people around me, but to train, train them and send them back to, to serve their churches. I gave, I gave him this young man and uh, he went through the training. What happened after the training? He snatched him from me. Up to now, as I'm speaking now, it's since 2012, 20, 2012 yes. Yeah. He snatched him from me. Do, do you think I was happy? Is, 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 it, is it how, how he was supposed to do it? Yeah. Because we were only two men. Our church was full of women by then. Only two men. And then he gets that from me. So, brother, mm. I was suffering now with a lot of work. Up to now, the young man is, is serving with him. Yeah. So, a lot of things, really. Without coming yeah. to ask me, because if, if he said, Brother Bila, I'm getting interested in this young man. Can he serve with me? We could maybe talk over that. But after just training, you start I mean, flashing the young man with money to just forget about the poor bill. Mm. Oh, that was not good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thanks for sharing that, brother. I, I know uh, it's probably some painful experiences, but I think the guys, especially in the West, need to understand that sending unqualified missionaries does a lot of damage to the church, does a lot of damage to the gospel witness, and does a lot of damage to future missionaries who really are trying to be biblical, who really are trying to follow scripture for you know, church planning and for just being a Christian, it, it makes it very difficult. Again, more importantly, it damages the gospel with right from future missionaries. So, yeah, so we would just plead with people. Look, everyone may may not come to our same definition of what the function and role of a missionary is. I think it's pretty clear in Scripture. We only really have one clear example, which is Paul's example. So just like with hermeneutics, 
we take what's very clear and we get what we can understand from that and we use that to interpret less clear things in the scripture it seems to me that biblical missions and i and we just say biblical to distinguish from what everyone else is calling missions but it seems to me that if you're going to follow scripture missions is predominantly about proclaiming the gospel so that church communities are church local churches are planted and you do a lot of other things you know around that but that's the goal and so because that's the goal it requires an elder qualified man and so don't send out young women as missionaries or women at all don't send out unqualified men um and if you send teams of people out by all means then maybe you can have women and, and men who aren't yet qualified to support the missionary. But don't call those other guys missionaries. You know, let's get back to using biblical language. Um, let's get back to, yeah, defining things as we as we see the scripture defines them. And and I think if if we adopt this narrow view, we protect ourselves from doing things that you know. Eventually, like you said earlier, you've got guys who come over as quote unquote missionaries. They've been in the country for seven, eight, ten years, drilling wells and helping doing medical missions, and not one church has been planted they don't even share the gospel they just say they're christians but they never share the gospel well if you're going to do that just stay at home there are godless organizations that can plant wells and not share the gospel they don't need you to do that yeah we have world vision and many many other secular walks here so brother i think this has been a, a great episode i've enjoyed talking with you through these things and you know our aim is not to be hard our aim is not to upset people our aim is is that god gets glory and that the church is edified and we can only do that by bringing the truth right as we see it in scripture so we're thankful that you've listened to us again uh just want to remind our audience that we have a new email we'd love to hear feedback from you even on this episode it's truth be known podcast at gmail and until next time let the truth be known The Truth Be Known podcast, hosted by Bill Issa and Nathaniel Jolly, is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program, serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device, or listen online at anchor.fm forward slash truthbeknown.